There's a creator named Talon Michael. Talon Michael, that guy is doing an amazing job expanding the kingdom of God. He got touched and he launched a YouTube channel. Two million people following him on YouTube. You're the biggest solo Christian creator now on the platform. You haven't walked this fast in years? Well, let's go a little faster. Hallelujah! <laughs> All right! I didn't come for dead religion. I didn't come for some washed up sermon. I came for the power of God. When the Holy Ghost is in the room, breakthroughs in the room. When the Holy Ghost is in the room, healing's in the room. When the Holy Ghost is in the room, new levels are in the room. I said the joy of the Lord, it is your strength. What God does in one, he'll do in another. What God's done in my life, he'll do in your life. When you touch someone in faith, when you reach out and touch God with faith, you get what you're believing for. It's this simple. Believe the word, stand on the word, act on the word, operate in faith, never walk by sight. I said religion will teach you lessons. Only Jesus can give you life. But you can't lose if you stay in the realm of faith. My generation, your generation, this generation shall be saved. Hello, welcome back. I'm your host, Evangelist Taylor Michael. I'm glad to be back in the studio with you. Last week, I was in New York uh, with my soon-to-be in-laws. It was their 30th anniversary, Pastor Santa Mary Pody, but I'm very glad to be back with you. Today is a very special topic. If you're watching this live, make sure you stay to the end. If you're watching this after it's already posted, definitely make sure you stay to the end. I'm going to teach you the number one weapon that the devil will use to take you out. Now, he doesn't have the power and authority to take you out unless you give it to him. But the Bible says that the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. So if you give him the ability to devour you, he will. But somebody type in the chat with me right now, type this. I shall not be devoured. I shall not be devoured. You must not be devoured. And I'm going to teach you today how to make sure that you're not devoured. Go with me to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 in the New Testament. It's right after uh, 1 John chapter 1. So if you're struggling to find it. 1 John chapter 2. And let me say good morning to some people. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everybody on Facebook. If you're watching on Facebook, share this on your timeline. If you're watching on YouTube, share it with a friend. Good morning, John. Good morning, Evelyn, Clayton, Ginger, Racer. Wow, look at all these people we got today. Matthias, Justina, God bless you all. Share this with somebody who's going to share this with somebody who's going to share it with somebody else who will consider sharing it again. We got to get this out. This is the number one weapon that the devil will try to use to take you out. But by the end of this live stream, he will not be able to in Jesus' name. 1 John chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 16. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. Get your Bible out. Get your notes out. This is going to help somebody today. Actually, we'll start in verse 15. It says this. I'm reading the New Living Translation. Do not... Do not, not consider not, not think not. It says, do not, meaning do not do this. This is from the Lord. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. This is big. I want you to get this. Do not love the world. It's not talking about the earth. It's not talking about the trees. God is not saying throw all of your straws 
in the ocean so that every turtle dies. That's not what God is saying. He's not talking about the earth. He's talking about the world. You know, there's a difference between the world and the earth. We call the earth the world, but it's actually different. The world is the kingdom that's on the earth, the kingdom of man, the ways of the world. And it's actually the kingdom of the devil because there are ways of the world. The Bible even says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, do not follow after the patterns of the world. It says, instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The patterns of this world are sin, lust, pride, greed. The ways of this world will lead to death. So it says, do not love this world and what's in this world. Do not love what the world offers you. As a young man, the world will offer you all the women you can get. You know, there's even some religions that believe that if you do their religion properly, when you die, you go into some afterlife and you receive 72 virgins. No, that's one of the most carnal things you could ever believe. You want to know, you want to know how you can identify a fake religion? When their afterlife rewards you with carnality, with carnal things, not spiritual things. Jesus said, you won't even be married in heaven. Why? Because it's, it's such a minute thing. Like it, uh, we won't even get into that. The ways of this world. Do not, because I'm going to get off into another side tangent. I want to keep this straight and narrow for you today. Do not love the ways of this world and the things it offers you. If you're in school, if you're in high school, you're in college. The ways of this world are, hey, let's go to the club, bro. Hey, my buddy's throwing a party this weekend. You want to come? She's going to be there. He's going to be there. The ways of this world. If the devil can get you trapped in the patterns of this world, he will destroy your destiny. But I believe that God has your destiny secured. Your destiny is not in the hand of the devil. It's not in the hands of any man, any government, any pattern of this world. God holds your destiny and you will fulfill your destiny. Someone's type in the chat, I will fulfill my destiny. So it says, don't love the world nor the things that it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. When you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9 says this, Because Jesus loved righteousness and hated wickedness. This is what it's saying. Because Jesus loved what God loves and hated what God hates. It says he was anointed more with the oil of gladness, meaning he had more of the Holy Ghost. He had more of the anointing. He had more of the manifest presence of God. Jesus walked in signs and wonders and miracles. He walked in the fullest measure of God's spirit because God could trust him because he loved what God loved and he hated what God hates. God hates the ways of the world, the sinful ways of the world. When Satan contaminated the world that God made, he filled it with himself. And God hates the ways of the world. You must write this in your notes. You must love what God loves and hate what God hates. For the world offers, verse 16, 1 John 2, verse 16, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. 
but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Let me read it to you in another translation because this is what the devil will use to take you out. 1 John chapter 2, let's read the King James Version. First John 2, I'm going to read starting in verse 15 out of the King James. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, and this I want you to write this down, highlight it, verse 16. The lust of the flesh, number one. The lust of the eyes, number two. The pride of life, number three. Now, these three things come together as one, but they're three dimensions of the same thing. I want you to write this down in your notes and type it in the chat. The devil will use pride to take you out. The devil will use pride to steal your destiny, to kill the plan of God in your life. The devil will use pride to rob you of everything good that God has planned for you. You must learn how to identify pride and how to kill it. You must know how to kill pride. So it says the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. The pride of life. The three areas where Jesus was tempted by the devil, it says he was tempted in all points, but the three Specific temptations that we see are these specific lusts that derive from pride. I want you to understand this about pride. The reason why Satan was kicked out of heaven was pride. The reason why Satan was kicked out of heaven was pride. He got what the Bible calls a haughty spirit. Pride had entered his heart. He said, I will exalt my throne and be like the most high God. Because God was using him in such a mighty fashion to do great things. He began to speak as if he was equal with God. Even the Bible says Jesus did not consider himself equal with God, even though he is God. When he was in the earth, he did not consider himself equal with God. Even though he said, all that my father has, I have. He said, there is one greater than I, my father. He said, I only do what my father does. I only say what my father says. Pride will destroy the destiny that God has for you. Go to Philippians chapter 2 with me. This is the number one weapon that Satan will use to take you out. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. So we've got pride on one hand. What's the opposite of pride? Humility. The opposite of pride is humility, saying everything I have is from God. Jesus never took, he never took um, credit. For one healing, one miracle, there's nothing that Jesus did on the earth that he took credit for. He said, I can do nothing apart from my Father. I can do nothing apart from my Father. The Bible says every good and perfect gift that comes down 
into your life comes from the Father of Light. So even Jesus, the Son of God in the flesh, didn't take credit for anything that God did in his life. Jesus had no pride. In fact, this is what he said. Those of you that are weak and heavy laden, come unto me and what? Everybody knows the and I will give you rest part, but they forget what he said first before that. He said, come unto me and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and I will give you rest for your souls. Jesus said, I am meek and lowly of heart, saying, I am humble, and I will give you rest for your souls. Why, why, does, why is pride such a killer? Because it wears you out. You know how exhausting it is pretending to be something that you're not? It doesn't give rest to your soul. People that run around trying to pretend like they have more money than they have. They end up millions of dollars in debt and they have to live paycheck to paycheck, paying off their house, paying off their car. Debt is a fruit. It's a byproduct of pride. When people go into debt, it's because they don't have the financial wealth or the financial sustenance to pay or afford what, what it is they're trying to get in life. Now, people are going to say, are you calling me prideful because I got into, into debt? You maybe didn't know before. But pride result or debt is a result or a byproduct, a fruit of pride. Now, some people will say debt's not a sin. Well, if debt is a byproduct of pride and pride's a sin, I don't know. I'll leave that between you and the Lord. That's not what we're covering today. But pride, debt is a byproduct of pride. Pride is trying to be something, have something, say something. It's trying to put on this front of something that you're not. This is, I mean, and everybody, you know, like Brother Keith Moore says, <laughs> Brother Keith Moore says, as long as you're in this flesh, as long as you're in this life, every person will have to fight pride. You'll have to hold yourself accountable to crucify pride. So every person has to defeat pride. The Lord's been taking me through a deep dive study on pride. That's why I'm preaching on it. Because he's identified things. The Holy Ghost is speaking to me about areas in my life. Hey, this is prideful. Hey, this could turn prideful. Hey, make sure when I start using you like this, you don't get prideful. You don't start taking the glory or something. So pride will keep you in a constant state of exhaustion. Trying to pretend to be something that you're not. So it says here, Philippians 2 verse 3. Listen to this. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your interests, but take an interest in others too. I want you to get this. Someone once said this. Humility is not thinking of less of yourself. So it's not, this is, this is false humility, which is just another form of pride. Where you get all these other religious people that I'm just a worm in the dirt. I'm worthless. I'm nothing. Jesus is everything. That's a lie. That's, there's not one Bible verse that says you're worthless. You're nothing. God did not send his most prized possession, his only begotten son to die for nothing. <laughs> That's literally what you're, you're rubbing the blood of Jesus in the dirt if you say you're nothing. 
But instead, it's not thinking less of yourself. You're still the righteousness of God in Christ. You still have a spirit of faith. You still rule and reign in life as a king through Jesus Christ. You're still a blood-bought son of God the Most High. You still sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You're still royalty. You still have a royal bloodline. But the Bible says, don't think more of yourself than you ought. So understand who you are in Christ, but don't, I mean, think about Lucifer, one of the top angels in heaven. Very easy for someone like that to get into pride. God wants to use people mightily, but not at the expense of their soul. So it says this, don't be selfish. And this is one of the key things. Don't try to impress others. Don't try to impress others. And it says, instead, do this. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't try to impress. Here, I'll give you one easy identification of pride. It's called qualification. Somebody type in the chat, qualification. Qualifying. Here, I'll give you two. The two clear signs that you or somebody around you has pride. Number one, qualification. Number two, unsolicited advice. These are like major red flags of pride. And this is going to touch some people today. This is, gonna, this is just the reality. That's when you teach on pride. It, hey, I've been learning about it too. It touches me. Got to get rid of it. But I can come on here and teach about the power of God, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, how to have prosperity. And I can teach you all the powerful things about your covenant with God, 100%. And I do. But it's important to know that the anointing can only take you as far as your character can keep you. So without character, we don't have what we need to get where we need to go and stay there. The anointing can only take you as far as your character can keep you. And this is what the Lord has been speaking to me about, dealing with me about. God, he shows me, hey, I want to do great things with you. There's prophetic words spoken over my life that have yet to come to pass that are great words. But my character must be there. I must realize God is my source. John chapter 15, Jesus is the vine. I'm simply a branch. I'm connected to the vine. Pride will not take me out. A haughty spirit will not take me out. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, they will not take me out. Someone type in the chat, the devil will not take me out. You have to wage war with this. Pride is its a byproduct of the flesh. And the Bible says the spirit and the flesh wage war against one another. You have to wage war. Passive people don't wage war. Waging war is not like understanding that pride is a thing. Waging war is killing it, identifying it, and taking it out. You must wage war with the works of the flesh. So we're waging war with pride today in Jesus' name. We're waging war with pride today. And I'm going to get in tomorrow to part two about the result of killing pride. But I'm going to hit on it a little bit right now. Go with me to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Here's one thing you can write in your notes. Every time you upgrade in character, you upgrade in blessing. Every time you upgrade in character, you upgrade in blessing. 
You become a holy vessel of honor set apart for the master's use. When your character becomes more like God, you receive more of God. And I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. James chapter 4, starting in verse 6. Listen to this. And it's talking about God here. And he gives grace generously. What is grace? Grace is not just the power to forgive sin. In fact, I would even say grace is the power. Mercy is the power to forgive sin. Grace is the empowerment not to sin. You are saved by grace through faith. So by the grace of God, you're saved. God's mercy forgives you of your sin. But God's grace on your life, his empowerment in your life empowers you not to sin. Empowers you to crucify the flesh. Empowers you to build your character. Listen to this. And he gives grace generously. Did you know that you can have generous grace? You can have more grace than people around you. Not that it's a competition. That's pride. (laughs) Not that it's a competition. But you can have grace more than others. People that submit to God's word receive more grace. Grace to fulfill great destinies. A lot of people say, Lord, give me more grace. Give me more grace. But they don't realize that it's a spiritual law. The lower you go, the higher God takes you. The lower you go, the higher God takes you. The lower you humble yourself, the higher God takes you. Jesus, in order for him to be given the name above every name, he had to humble himself. The Bible says, humble himself even to becoming a man. Killed on a cross to take upon himself the sins of the world. He humbled himself in obedience. And then he was raised with the highest. So humbling yourself to obedience to God and his word and the plan of God for your life. The lower you go, the more you humble yourself, the higher God can take you. The Bible says if you will humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, you will surely be exalted in due season. Before exaltation, there must be humility. Many people say, I've been doing this, I've been doing this, I've been trying this, my my church hasn't changed in 10 years. The anointing on my life hasn't increased in 10 years. My revelation hasn't increased in 10 years. I'm still at the same place financially, spiritually, carnally. I'm still in, everything's been the same for 10 years. Why? No humility. Humility comes in many different ways, and I'm going to teach on that tomorrow. But humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God to be molded, To be formed into a vessel of honor is what leads to generous grace. You can have generous grace. When you humble yourself, it qualifies you to wake up and say, Father, I need more grace today. Give me more grace today. Someone type in the chat, give me more grace today. And he gives grace generously as the scriptures say. I want you to get this. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. It is impossible to fulfill your destiny without grace. It's impossible to fulfill the call of God on your life without grace. You must have grace from heaven. You must have the hand of God on your life, the wind of heaven, the Holy Ghost. You must have the grace of God to do what you're called to do. The way you access that grace is by humility. And it says this in verse 7, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil. I want you to get this. This is a major key to resisting the devil in your life. 
humility. Humility is the key to resisting the devil in your life. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and God will draw near to you. And it says this, wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So God's not responsible for humbling you. A lot of people, are, they'll pray, Lord, humble me. Yo, dangerous prayer. Very dangerous prayer. Very dangerous prayer. Much better to humble yourself than to have God humble you. Someone type in the chat, I will humble myself. The Bible says, purify yourself. Wash your hands. Don't make God have to humble you. Don't make God have to humble you. Do you see what happened to Satan when God had to humble him? You don't want God to humble you. He will take you out, bro. <laughs> Much better to humble ourselves. So what's the number one weapon that the devil uses to take you out? doesn't matter if you're old, if you're young. Here's the thing about, and, and I'll speak to both people. Young people. Patience. Patience is your biggest enemy. Long-suffering is a young person's, young person's uh, biggest enemy, the biggest fruit of pride. They refuse to be content. The Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. So young people, their biggest enemy is long-suffering. They don't know how to be patient. I know because I've had to battle this. God's called you to do great things in the earth. You know there's a call of God on your life. You're revved up and ready to go. I got my Bible. I got $11 in the bank. Send me to the nations, Lord. <laughs> I'll live by faith and come back broken or backslidden because I have no character in me to even sustain my faith. Pride puts a barrier between your faith. Pride is a barrier for your faith. I want you to get this. One of your biggest enemies of faith is pride. Go with me to Habakkuk 3.4. And then I'm, I'm going to pray over you guys. And we'll close up with this. This is huge though. Don't miss this. Habakkuk. I'm going to go in the ESV version. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 4. I'm going to show you how pride will hinder your faith. Might not be Habakkuk 3, 4. Let me check. I'm finding it, don't worry. So people that listen on podcasts, if there's ever like a long, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, listening to preaching on podcasts, if there's ever like a long pause, you're like, oh no, you check your phone, see if it's still working. If you're listening on podcasts, don't worry. I'm still here, I'm just looking for the scripture. 
Is this not? I thought this was the verse. I'm going to find this. Don't worry. Uh, I don't remember the exact wording. I heard Brother Keith preach on it. Let me listen. There's a verse in Habakkuk talking about um, being impressed by your own faith. Let me see if I can. The second chapter. All right, maybe it's chapter two. Let's see. Yes, okay, here it is. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. All right, bring me back. Everybody, thanks for sticking around. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Hopefully people didn't get bored in the last two minutes and leave the stream. All right, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. We're going to close with this. This is huge. Listen to this. Let's see what the Amplified says. The Amplified version. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Look at the proud. His soul is not straight or right within him. What's your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Remember, the Bible says in a Third John verse 2, it says, I wish you would be in health and prosper according to your soul prospering. So the prosperity of your soul determines the prosperity of your life. Whether or not your mind, your will, and your emotions are going in a godly direction, they're renewed or transformed by the renewing of your mind according to the washing of the Word of God. When God's word begins to transform your soul is when the blessing that's within you begins to manifest in your life. You start getting what's called the mind of Christ. But it says here, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Look at the proud. His soul is not straight or right within him. So I want you to underline this and write it in your notes. Pride contaminates your soul. Pride contaminates your soul. But the rigidly just and the uncompromisingly righteous man shall live by his faith and his faithfulness. Pride contaminates your soul and it contaminates your faith. Pride contaminates your soul and it contaminates your faith. Pride contaminates your soul and it contaminates your faith. It says, Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. When people operate in pride, the Bible refers to them as leaning on the arm of flesh. They start to think, oh, it's my faith that produced this. Write this in your notes. Don't be impressed by your own faith. This is something I've had to kill in my life. Because all of a sudden you'll start to believe God for great things. You'll start seeing the blessing manifest like, wow, built a great ministry, built a great business. Look at this car. Look at this house. Look at this watch. Look at look at all these things. I got Louis. I got Gucci. I got all this niceness going on now. And all of a sudden, what happens is the devil will try to come in and contaminate your mind, your will, your emotions, get you puffed up. 
and he will get your soul crooked and off of the plan of God. Don't be impressed with your own faith. Where does faith come from? The Bible says to each is given a measure of the God kind of faith. Faith comes from God, comes from hearing and hearing his word. So although faith produces results, you got to remember where faith comes from. There's three things you should never touch in life. And I'll leave you with this as a man or as a woman. Number one, never touch God's gold. Don't touch what belongs to God. The tithe and the offering belongs to the Lord. Don't touch it. It's holy. It's consecrated. Number two, don't touch God's girls if you're a boy. Girls, don't touch God's boys. Don't commit sexual immorality. Don't fool around. And number three, don't touch God's glory. Don't get puffed up just because God uses you. Don't allow it to get to your head. That's why we always say, oh, it got to your head. Because you get puffed up in your head. You start thinking, men, here, I'll give you the two. Here's the two. I just keep, it just keeps coming out of me. But this is important. I feel like people need to hear this. How do you know if a woman's in pride? This is what happens oftentimes. A woman, she'll start going to the gym. It's not prideful to go to the gym, but just listen to this. So she'll start going to the gym. Ladies, you all know this. Don't shout me down when I start saying this. A lady will start going to the gym. She'll lose like 10 pounds. She's like, shoot, I'm feeling myself. Next thing you know, she's like, I'm in the gym. Throws it on, on Instagram. Throws it on Facebook. Two weeks later, she loses another five. It's a booty pick. At the gym, and it's like like pretending like she's not like showing off her body. Like, I'm at the gym, and they start like getting all crazy and, and filled up. They start thinking, and I've seen this. This is going to hurt some feelings. I've seen some like obese, drop-dead, ugly people go to the gym and start losing some weight, and they just think they're like a 10 out of 10 when they're pushing a solid two. This isn't to be mean. It's just to help. <laughs> but it's true. And then here's what men do. Men start making more than minimum wage. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, shoot. My buddy made $1,200 last month. I made $1,500. And all of a sudden they become a master at business. And now they're coming around. Dude, hey, I made an extra $500 last month. You want to know how to do it? Yeah, hey, you should do this. You should do that. And all of a sudden, they start making a little bit of money. And they think they're on like cloud nine. Like somehow they've now become the professor of business at Harvard. Oh, yeah. I'm basically like Grant Cardone now. Um, I, made, I had my first $5,000 month last month. And uh, yeah, if you ever want business advice, just hit me up, bro. Like text me. I'll help you. These are the, and you all know this is true. Unsolicited advice. Remember, I covered this at the beginning. Unsolicited advice. You all, we all have those like high school friends. They like got into insurance sales or like a multi-level marketing business. I was the, like, this is what happened to me. This is why I can speak on it because this was me. They make like their first thousand dollars on their side hustle. And all of a sudden they're like a business guru. Yeah, bro. I just actually started a podcast um, about like how to build passive income. And uh, if you want to like follow it, bro, and like share it on your Instagram story, I'll tell you how to get into real estate and become a millionaire by tomorrow. 
And all of a sudden, they're like these master gurus. But it's the same thing. It's just pride. It's qualification. It's unsolicited advice. People will start to qualify themselves to you. Yeah, I made this amount of money. Which it's all good, you know, and it's and I want you to understand that there's a way to like boast on God and what God is doing in your life without taking the glory for it. So that's the sweet spot. That's why it says in Deuteronomy 8.18, remember it's the Lord your God that's given you the power to get wealth. He gives you the power to get wealth. Must remember it's him. Or if you're in the ministry, it's like they saw one person with the sniffles get healed. And now they're apostle, prophet, bishop of the highlands. And they're here to rip shofars and anoint your head with oil to launch you as an evangelist to the nations. Don't fall for that stuff. The devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. And here's the thing. The Bible says he often comes as an angel of light. I feel to say this. He often comes as an angel of light. What is light? Revelation knowledge. He'll come to you with a word from a false prophet to get you off track. That's why the Bible says test the spirits. I've had many like well-known men of God that will come and give me powerful words. And some of them might not even be powerful, but they'll, they'll just speak into my life. For I'll give you an example. A, a very renowned man of God, who I've, I've never seen him miss it. When he prophesies something, happens. He spoke to me one day, and I don't even know if he knew he was speaking by the Holy Ghost, but he spoke to me one day at a lunch, and it stuck with me. It hit my spirit. He said, I see you pastoring one of the greatest churches in America. Well, I'm an evangelist. I'm not a pastor. In fact, I'm so much not a pastor, I have zero desire, or at least I had zero desire to pastor. Never did I think or desire or want to be or even consider pastoring before that word was spoken to me. When he spoke that word from the Lord, it put a desire in my heart to pastor. Never once before that did that happen. But then I've received other words where it's like, I see you doing this and I see you doing that and going here and doing that. But they didn't hit the same. They were great words. They were very appealing to my flesh. But the devil will come as an angel of light. I had one. that it, Actually, I had two people. Two other great men of God. Invite me to travel the world with them and preach the gospel. And be like a spiritual son unto them. But they were both evangelists. They were not pastors. And I could, either one of them, one of them, I almost took the opportunity and I almost traveled the world and I would have gone to a lot of cities and done a lot of great things, but it would have been, it would have been like uh, dad Hagen once said, it would have been like showering with my socks on because the devil came as an angel of light. It was a nice word, tickled my ears for sure, but it wasn't what God had for me. It wasn't the perfect will of God. And right before I was supposed to go with that guy, I actually, I stopped. The Lord spoke to me and said, don't go. And I didn't go even though it seemed very appealing. Then there was another great man of God contacted me, said I had a dream or something like that, that the Lord told me that you're supposed to come and sit under my ministry and I'm supposed to raise you up. Many people, people would have like killed for that opportunity to get that text message from that man of God. But it didn't feel right. 
It didn't align with the word that I knew was from God. Shortly after, I met my pastor. And now I'm in the perfect will of God. And the Lord said, that's the man you're assigned to. And here I are. <laughs> anyway, that's a tangent. Pride is the weapon that the devil will use to take you out. Identify it and kill it. Someone type in the chat, you must kill pride. You can't hang out with it. You can't let it sleep in the same bed with you. There's an old story of missionaries that I heard my pastor tell one time, I believe. Or maybe it was Brother Jonathan. I can't remember. And this is a true story. There were two missionaries in the Congo, I believe. And in the Congo, there's tons of snakes, tons of pythons and stuff. And they woke up one day and there was a snake in their bed. And they freaked out. But they the snake was like super nice. Didn't bite. It was like super nice. And so they were like, well, maybe this is like a cool snake. Maybe he's our new pet. So they let him stick around. And every night that snake would come and sleep in the bed with them. Never bit them. Super nice the whole time. But they noticed as it was sleeping in the bed with them, it kept growing. It kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. They're like, dang, this snake is getting pretty big. And one day a local was at their house and said, what's this snake doing in your house? They said, oh, he's, like, he's our pet. He sleeps with us. And you should see, I mean, he's like twice the size he used to be. And the local said, you know why he's growing, right? And they said, why? They said, because he's getting big enough to eat you in your sleep. That's what pride will do. If you sleep with pride, it will come small and it will come flattering. It will come like it's not too bad, but it will grow and grow and grow until it's big enough to eat you when you're not expecting it and it will tear you down and ruin the plan of God for your life so we must kill pride in Jesus mighty name I believe this is a good message for people it's a good message for me it blessed me I believe it blessed you if you kill pride what God will do in your life there will be no limit God will use you to shake your city your region your nation and even the globe in Jesus name amen and amen. Tomorrow, I'm going to teach you about humility and the benefits of humility, the rewards for humility. Wednesday is going to be a very special topic, but Thursday is going to be the grand finale. Do not miss Thursday. Don't miss any of these. But Thursday, I'm going to teach about more grace. This is going to be like a prophetically deep teaching where I teach you about the prophetic side of faith or of grace and how it will empower you, launch you into new dimensions in God. So don't miss tomorrow. Don't miss Wednesday. Don't miss Thursday, 1130 a.m. Before we go, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God does supernatural mountain-moving miracles in your life. But before I pray for you, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give today. I'm so thankful for our generous givers. We have so many people that have connected themselves to what God is doing here in this ministry. And I have a special announcement we are getting ready to go on tour. Me and my buddy TJ Malkanji, Evangelist TJ, we're doing a three-city tour. We're going up to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan for a couple of days in Canada. We're going down to uh, Allenstown, Pennsylvania, I believe, right around there. And then we're coming to Ruston, Louisiana. I will also be in Austin, Texas with Brother David Diga Hernandez for a glory meeting there. That's going to be off the chain. So you don't want to miss that either. We have great things that we're doing here by the grace of God. And I want you to understand we're raising up a thousand online evangelists to bring 
salvation to this generation. Someone said, come to Sweden. I'll come wherever I'm invited if the Lord should have me go. And I'm happy to see all of you. So uh, I'll get a graphic probably tomorrow for you guys. But I want to give you an opportunity to sow into what God's doing here. We're also going to be upgrading our studio probably in the next uh, couple of weeks here, the next two weeks before I go on tour. We're going to be upgrading our studio. Our next upgrade is going to be close to $30,000. If you want to connect with what God is doing here in this ministry, don't worry, the money's already there. It's going to be paid for and everything. But I want to give you an opportunity to connect with what God is doing here at Revival Way. We've reached over 2 billion people by the grace of God. Someone said, come to Greece. Hey, I would love to come to Greece. Get a pastor to invite me. I'll come out there. I love Greece. I'll go on a little vacation while I'm there too. We'll preach the gospel down. And uh, I'll hang out in Greece. I want to go to Santorini real bad. With my soon-to-be wife. In Jesus' name. If you have a heart to reach this generation... I want to encourage you to connect yourself to what God is doing here. We're going to be upgrading the whole studio so that we can reach more people. We're going on tour to preach the gospel. And I believe in God to send 100 people or more this year that will sow a seed of $1,000 or more out of their personal, out of their business, out of their ministry. If you want to help us fulfill the destiny that God has on this ministry, I encourage you to give today. The different ways you can give are on your screen. Cash app, dollar sign, Revival Way. Venmo is at Revival Way. PayPal is at Revival Way, or you can give on our website, RevivalWay.com. There's a link in the chat for you right now. Click that link. You can also give through Super Chat on YouTube. People said, come to Utah. Look, I'll say it again. I'll come just about anywhere with the exception of like some places. But if the Lord says go, I'll go. But here's the thing. This is what people don't understand about evangelists. They just think like you pick up and go to churches. You just show up and you're like, hey, pastor, good to see you. I'm going to be preaching today. It's not how it works. <laughs> if pastors reach out to you and invite you to come in and preach, be going preach. I'll also be in September, September 10th through the 5th. We have 10 revival meetings in Virginia. I'll get you some information about that as well. So we got a week of revival in Virginia. I think September 7th, I'll be in Pennsylvania again. Someone said Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm happy to go anywhere the Lord will take me. Thank you for your giving. I'm going to pray for you as you give today. Thank you for your generosity. Father, in Jesus' name, every single person under the sound of my voice, as they give, would you increase them, multiply them, bless them. And I thank you that your word guarantees a mighty harvest in Jesus' mighty name. And amen. Do we have that video ready for three days of glory? All right. Special announcement. Hallelujah. We have three days of glory here in Ruston, Louisiana. If you are anywhere in the United States, you can even come from out of the country as well. If you are anywhere in the United States, I want to encourage you to get to Ruston, Louisiana, September 1st through the 3rd. It's Labor Day weekend, so it's a four-day weekend. You have plenty of time to come, you and your family. Come to Revival Meetings. They will be life-changing, and we will love to see you there. Do not miss these meetings. They're going to be life-changing meetings. They will take you to the next level. Last year was insane. We packed the house out. We had overflow. It was next level, and I want you to experience that same thing this year, we're going to roll a video for you right now, and I will see you tomorrow morning at 11.30 a.m. Sharp. Bye-bye.
Hello, I'm Stan Pody. I would like to invite you to join us at Faith Church in Ruston, Louisiana for three days of glory. Yes, this Labor Day weekend, we're going to have three powerful days of the teaching and preaching of the Word of God, as well as signs, wonders, and demonstrations of the Spirit. You're going to want to be here for this. Click link in bio for more information, and we look forward to seeing you this year, Labor Day weekend, at our second annual Three Days of Glory.